1: The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level.
2: Boys, get a few today, did you? To be honest with you, I um, hate grade cricket. <laughs> uh. I went into the
1: play
0: for a team called um, uh, the Nimbus Kids. Obviously, sharing always a big issue. A big issue <laughs> for young kids coming into a senior cricket team. I think it was like a winter sleeve.
1: A bit of advice, so yeah. the one.
0: I refer to the Great Cricketer here and I'll say this'll do a little bit early. <laughs>
1: hey, sometimes cricket is a really tough watch and other times we just want to talk about things outside the game. Welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast where we do exactly that. The Australian women and the Indian women went head to head for one of the dullest draws in history. The ashes is happening, or is it how long do we keep talking about this? Let's see what's let's, 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 let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> People are stealing kits out of out of Queensland bags. The IPL is still going on. Darren Goff is on the show. That's all well before we get into hashtag RCDC. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggler.com. Use the code CHAMP for Free, custom design. Use it at checkout, budgiesmuggler.com. My name's Ian Higgins. Sam Perry is he. Pezzy lad, happy Tuesday to you. October. Oh, October.
2: Mm.
1: October's very own.
2: Is it the start of the Australian summer?
1: Doesn't feel like it, mate. Not in Melbourne today. goddamn ski parker on. Fucking hell, man. Unbelievable. Uh, Albie writes in, Pez. What? <laughs> <laughs> the vaccine-related RTGC here. Very important yeah, it is to important. start this show. As I sat down to get my second jab today, the doctor almost recoiled and did a double take <laughs> at my arm as he went to put the needle in. What does that look like? <laughs> <laughs> he turned away, put the needle back down, and then cruelly told me he'd have to squeeze my bicep because it was a bit small. <gasps> Fuck. Fucking hell. How do I recover from this champesque move by a trusted and respected member of the community who's meant to protect me? While I'm now safe from a deadly virus, my fragile self-esteem has been absolutely decimated by a smug doctor wrapped Wrapped up in enough mask material to cover a Sydney wicket. Thoughts?
2: Well, I do have a th- few thoughts on this. Couple Albie. of thoughts here. Firstly, the the con- the premise here is that one's uh, from this doctor is that one's bicep must be a certain size in order to receive this like a uh, society mm. enabling vaccine. Mm. I've not received this in any public <laughs> health messaging. Yeah, from you know,
1: there was no leaflet through the post.
2: Exactly. Uh, I mean. That'd be interesting if the public messaging was that like you actually need to hit a mm. certain size, you need mm. to get your macros going, yeah. you need <laughs> to get <laughs> yeah. to receive You know, we're only, you yeah. can only get Pfizer yeah. if you're lifting whatever. If
1: you're lifting, um, quick cricket
2: get massive. I find, I mean, this doctor must be must be negging him, obviously, obviously in some yeah. way. Yeah, something so, going on. Like here. the idea that he he goes to do it, then recoils. Mm. Oh,
1: yeah, double take. You know, My
2: eyes. What? Doth my eyes deceive me? <laughs> <laughs> Puts it back down again. I am going to have to squeeze the squeezing. this little thing you've got going here, and your arm. I get doctors will be getting bored, just trying to make scenarios up. But yeah, I get trying to fix some battles exactly work in the you just to, yeah. Oh yeah, it seems pretty easy to put the jab in too. Like you know, they just come in, bang. Mate, it's nothing. Around. It's
1: nothing like um, like drawing blood. That like that's a needle. Yeah, that's a needle. Yeah, this one it's like it's just in and out. Job yeah. done.
2: Bang. Didn't even happen. Mm. Uh, It's brutal, and obviously the pandemic's taking a big enough toll on people as it is, and you have to go through that. Um, Hey, mate,
1: congratulations, by the way, on being the most locked down city in the world. That happens today.
2: Mate, to you too. Thank you. To you too.
1: Thank you. I did some maths the other day. Did you? Yeah, about just how many days I've been here and how many days in lockdown. 53% of my days. And see, now what I've done there is now the pandemic's about me. Of course. Um, So thank you for all the messages that have come in.
2: Well, many Um, people would say, you know, when they say, you know, you think the world revolves around you. Well, a lot of scientists would say the world actually does revolve around you, physically. Okay, (laughs) Uh, he goes, just squeeze that
1: bicep. Yeah,
2: just on just on the bicep stuff. Yeah, back to it. Like I'm trying to think on Alby's from Albie's perspective. How does he come back from that? Mm -hmm. All I can recall from my grade cricket days was like, if Mm. you get if you get smashed verbally, yep. Like one one formula was to sort of say, "Oh, sorry," and then inv- and then and then sort of invoke a legend of that genre. So if you follow me here, like there was, I'm not sure if I said this on the cast before, but we played a game in Campbelltown once, mm-hmm. and Campbelltown have sheds where every grade can share it. Shared so sheds. like if, if ones and threes are playing, you're sharing the sheds with mm-hmm. like if you're threes, you're sharing it with first grade, and mm-hmm. both sides both teams have won, mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm not going to go into names here But like um, mm. One of the players uh, Was was naked after the game uh, You know We'd all sung a song Or whatever as And he as is they was nude want. As is their want yes. Right And uh, another player mm-hmm. A bit more senior um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the tete a was But it, it caused one of the senior players Who wasn't to really be Alfred In any scenario To not. say like yeah. Insert name You know um, You've got You know that That is that is the smallest penis I've ever seen in my <laughs> life and this guy and that guy had seen some penises as well. And this guy, like he, he obviously he he owned it. And he said he said, "Oh, sorry, Ron Jeremy." <laughs> <laughs> that that was the formula. Like uh, you sort of you in, you inverse it. Like if someone right. says something about, you, "Oh, sorry, Don," yeah, "Oh, yeah. sorry, Ron," "Oh, sorry, Ron Jeremy," yeah, yeah. yeah. Who is a pornographic actor who starred in seventeen hundred x rated films? Uh, right, and he's actually accused of some pretty bad stuff at the moment. But that's not even all there. But I'm just yeah. trying to think, like, yeah. Did this doctor have a big biceps? You know what I mean. Like oh, you want to ha- have big biceps yeah. to be able to squeeze yeah. someone else's guy. It's a bit yeah. small. All right, Arnold. Yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. sorry, Arnie. That,
1: that's a, that's all he's
2: got. That's up. I'm trying to I'm trying to help him. All
1: right, Australia women, India women. Pez. Um, uh, this is one of the great examples where well, basically rain ruins the entire thing. Uh, there was some as his crickets want. Indeed. Now I've got to tell you. Now we did the live stream on the evening of day one, and we saw it absolutely pissed down mm. uh, on the Gold Coast there. But I got it, as so I said this on the stream, but I'll say it again. I just felt really good seeing an Australian captain walk out to the middle in a baggy green, wearing the whites. I recognize the colors, little trim, little, uh, little, little combank trim, the yellow trim there. Yes. Meg Lanning walks out in the Australian captain's jacket. Yep. She's winning tosses in Queensland. And I'm thinking, fucking how good? Yeah. This is it. Yep. This is it. I'm watching my team play again. The this of, is what the I want. The hue
2: of the light of Queensland. Feels all of it. Right.
1: Feels right. Fortress Metricon. And then she says, we'll have a bowl. And I thought, okay. okay. As everybody okay. else did. Okay. We'll have a bowl here. Yeah. Let's fucking send these. We'll send these in. We'll send these in. We'll have a bat at night time. I like it. Okay. okay. And then they had a bowl. I thought, geez, it's fucking flat. And then, doing some research, oh, it's another fucking drop-in wicket. Now, this isn't the only issue with the game, but can we fucking play a game of cricket which isn't a fucking drop-in? No, we can't anymore. Jesus. we we need
2: to use the grounds for footy. Oh, they're footy grounds, okay.
1: But even on the Gold Coast, come on. Anyway. Any um, danger of a pitch with some life, with some character in this country? Gotta say. Anyway, India had a stick. Yeah, uh, 377 for eight. And they thought, well, that'll do us. We'll declare now. Uh, Mandanar got 127. Fucking unimpeachable. Just reminded play. me so much of Ganguly. Like the angle of the bat, the back right. lift, the back foot punches, the offside play. Remind me so much of, of Dada. Of Dada. Yeah. Reminded me of Dad. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> reminded me of Dad. Yeah, in the backyard, smashing a cabbage patch. <laughs> um, Australia then 241 for nine. Declared, and then the other, they sort of try and affect the game a little bit. India won 35 for three, and then Australia finished 36 for two, and they called
2: it a day. A couple of token declarations A couple left.
1: of token declarations. They were doing their best. Um, I don't know where to start with this, but uh, I suppose that there's been there's been a big conversation about
2: like... Okay, before we get into the issues, India bossed this game.
1: They were At they no bo- point were they losing.
2: They bossed it. Yep. In front the whole time. And Australia, Australia, Australia just held on.
1: In that context, because they, they should have won the second ODI. They won the hmm. third ODI. They've been bossing this game. Mm. It's interesting.
2: Yeah, Australia's ahead.
1: Yeah, Australia's ahead in the series. What is it? 6-4. 6 6-4. Four. Six, six, four. Six, four. Six, four. With three T20s to play. I actually haven't got written down. When's that first T20? Years, Thursday. It? Thursday. Yeah. Okay. 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 okay.
2: Sounds like something to be a fucking secret sound on yeah. Triple M like 20 years ago. What's this sound? It's oh. a man with peanut butter in his mouth. <laughs> Trying to be a bird. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Correct. You've won seventy five dollars and a voucher. Vouchers. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, now, there's been a lot of conversation about this. Pez about like the standard, of the game, or like the place of the test matches. Now, yes. I've got written down here. Like the fourth. This is the fourth draw in a row in the last four test matches that have happened. The twenty seventeen Ashes, the twenty nineteen Ashes. England and India played a game in Bristol this year. That was a draw as well. And now this one. Now the problem with this one. A couple one, of I, draws. Uh, with this one is that it was going to be a draw from not long after the first rain delay. Now it's obviously only a four day test match and it just pissed down that you lose so much time in the game, but it did just feel like um, it's in the context of the series where like it's four points for a win in this, in this series as opposed to the two points for the other ODIs in the T20. So like the, 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 gra- the gravitas of the match has in the series can be, you know, a deciding factor. If Australia win this game, then that's basically series over a draw basically keeps both teams in it sort of thing. So, like, you you almost – you you risk a lot by attempting to win, then lose. Do you know, do you know what I yeah. mean? So there's that as well.
2: We're not used to test matches commencing with context outside of the test itself. I mean, I know you can yeah. do it in, t- in the context of a series yeah. or whatever, but yeah. yeah.
1: Now, there's also a thing where, like, the women hardly play any test matches. And uh, basically everyone in world cricket is saying, like, we've got to play more test matches. Test match cricket is the thing. And then when – you have like the last four games where they just be draws. And this one specifically was going to be a draw from so early out. Um, it just feels like it. there's something uh, – it feels like a letdown. It feels like it's it's a letdown. And this comes into the context of what is your sport. Now, of course, everyone wants the women to play more test matches, baggy greens, every, give them every opportunity to play the highest level of cricket possible, right? But cricket and sport is a television product. And if you keep making games, scenarios, pitches, uh, whatever – where it's not interesting for people to watch. The women aren't going to get more of an opportunity to play more test matches. So I don't know what the answer is, but it seems like the men had like 100 and plus years to figure out the uh, the brand of the game to make it a TV product. And now the women are like getting into it in 2021 where it's like, so they're disadvantaged. Do you know what I mean?
2: Mm. Yeah, I think there's a, lot, there's a lot to separate within that. Uh, you know, I wasn't- Should have batted big... first. <laughs> <laughs> Very easy from the armchair, isn't it? No, oh mate! Yeah. But uh, I did detect a bit of a tone online and that's where a lot of the experts reside, as, well, as we right. all, as oh, we the, all know. In known. the comments usually. Yeah. Mm. Like I mean we we have to we have to call out that this conversation about oh was it was the test match a success occurs against the backdrop of women not playing test matches right. and a lot of people wondering why there aren't more test matches and a lot of us, you know, opining from our armchairs about what makes a, a test match commercially viable mm. and these are these are complex questions but there are a lot of blokes sitting down going like "Ah, i'm not really sure about this ah, two and a half and over yeah it's not really working out there yeah, they're gonna have to change a few things there we're all very like we're all very good at being uh executive experts when it comes to how to commercialize things and then mm. we go and eat our doritos and mm. uh and tweet <laughs> something or whatever <laughs> yeah. um and i think what's interesting about this one with the with the women's tests i think the first thing to call out is what you said like there's a lot of safety to it like to start with there's a lot of good about Fuck, yeah. the game being on yeah to start with like I watched a fair bit of it, just speaking personally, Mm -hmm. but, like, uh, I wouldn't say I was engrossed the entire time, but, like, uh, I liked, you know, the aesthetic. I liked, as you said, I liked that it was on. I liked that Australia was playing a game of cricket. Mm. Uh, It's a start, you know, Mm. like, more broadly, like, we were just talking about this off air, like, Australian cricket... Doesn't international cricket doesn't have a heap going for it at the moment? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm. the men don't play. Mm. Everyone around the world hates us. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the 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 teams in bits at the moment as well. Yeah, the like, uh, the women are the best thing we've got going for us at the moment. Now we are on. They're playing. Mm. Um, Elise Perry, you know, like added another, and that that's sa- how how does it get much safer mm. than Elise Perry and in, in cricket at the moment? She's mm. coming off a bit of bad form, mm. but what, what's she gone here? Another unbeaten Test innings. So. She's gone 213, not out, 116, 76, not out, 68, not out. Her average is 86.62. She took a 300th wicket. Great. I'm mm. fucking letting that wash over me. Fuck yeah. Had a couple of drinks on Saturday night. Great. Wake like up to that. Good. Let that wash over me. Yep. Fucking binary code. Yep. That shit. Recognise a name. Recognise yeah, a number. name. Feel good. She's there. She's like yeah. shadow batting. Great. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of good stuff, but like where. – when norm, like when it comes to cricket at the moment broadly we talk about how to make the game more exciting how to package it up you know like at the moment with men's cricket it's like Marge's dress off The Simpsons you know mm-hmm. just repackage it for the country club make mm-hmm. it look better <laughs> but this is jarring for viewers in reverse because we're accustomed to seeing women playing exciting white ball cricket yeah. that's what we're used to seeing yeah and but then the next evolution is like a rain-affected 400-over test match on a drop-in wicket yeah. played by people who've been denied the opportunity to experience a format. Yes. Of course it's going to look a little bit worse well, you know, this compared is, to what we exactly used to. Well, this is exactly the
1: thing. Like, There's been too much framing of like this is the women's problem. No, no, no. This is mm. cricket's problem. Mm. This is cricket's problem. This isn't like – I mean, how many games in the last like couple of years, especially at the MCG – and especially Bart But especially <laughs> Lisa um, And especially Sydney Like Sydney and Melbourne The two like um, You know Blue ribbon test matches That mm. we hang out for Because it's Christmas And it's summer mm. And everything And the wickets are diabolical And the cricket is a fucking joke mm. It's so bad to watch mm.
2: Good ads though Run ads for five days
1: Hey it feels good Go to the members bar Talk to some people in the same shirt as you It's mm. all good mm. Feels yeah. nice
2: What are those boat shoes? Yeah look good um, What are those? Boat <laughs> shoes? Look good Has anyone ever said
1: to you? <laughs> Most of my school life yeah
2: um, so this is this is cricket's problem it's not it's not the women's problem but um. I just think it's it's chastening to watch for people I think it's right to uh, I was originally you know we talked about this as well I was a bit dismissive of people who thought there was an issue I was just like well women have a right to play boring test matches just like men have for yeah. a long time Lord cricket can be boring mm. uh, but um, you know there there are kinks to iron out. But we're talking about creating an equitable playing field for women. I think there's – no one wants to say, but like, oh, can can test matches be viable for women? Of course. The question isn't, is test cricket viable? It's how do we make it better? What can we right. what can we improve, yes. you know? Uh, and like I said, like, the, the dark cricketing soul within me is, like, they're allowed to play shit fucking attritional cricket as mm. well. We've, mm. I've watched plenty of that with blokes. That's <laughs> been like, career I know, like, they've been waiting to play a test match, and the way they want to play it is to mm. go, like – no, I'm not giving an inch here. And I think Australia, like, they're, they're behind in the match. It's four days. There's a bit of rain. They're totally entitled to, like, um, park the bus, yeah, which is basically what they did. They did that against England in the Ashes, women's ashes as well. And everyone's like, oh, you've got to make it more entertaining. Oh, fuck off. Mm. It's test cricket, baby. Mm. Um, So, yeah. I So, what, four days versus five days. That's one of the issues, right? Dude, mm-hmm. and, and, like, I don't mind the idea of four-day test matches. I actually don't mind it in theory for men either. Um, I could live with it. But there's one problem, and you mentioned it earlier, decks. Yeah. Like, fix the de- until you fix decks, yeah. and in Australia, they're dead. They're dead. Uh, then f- you can – well, four-day test matches there are going to be way too many draws. Mm-hmm. Techniques are too good. Equipment's mm-hmm. too good. Mm-hmm. Pitches don't offer enough. Yep. Um, until then, you need five days – People are like, okay, well, what about like a Sheffield Shield can cricket scenario where you create like tactical incentives for people where they can start getting fucking half points and 0.25 points yeah, here yeah, and there. Yeah. Yep. It's hard enough game to follow as it is. Yeah, fuck that. Ah, oh, yeah, Australia got 3.8 points from yeah. it. Oh, you beauty. Yeah. I can go crack open the Moet. 3.8? At least at 3.6 for a second. Fucking like how good. So, you know, I'm sorry, but
1: AFL's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey. This is, uh, this is part of the thing about, well, we'll talk about the Ashes, like the men's Ashes later, but... um. The idea that Australia has like these fast bouncy decks and it's fucking chest match cricket with yeah. Dennis Lilly with his fucking shirt open. Yeah, his mustaches
2: down to his legs. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that died. That died at best 2015 Ashes with Mitchell Johnson having an absolute worldy of a series. Mm. Like the wickets just aren't like that mm. anymore. Like they're just not. Like even the even the Optus Stadium. I mean, but they still is, transport
2: is, the soil, you know, the, from the whacker. It's still like, mm. there's still roots taking, you know, they're like they're still taking root in the ground. Oh, that's mm. the whacker. That's got life. But like, mm. you know, I say, I say AFL I, AFL's the problem. And I'm starting to wonder maybe the, the best way to get life back into the wickets is to get data onto this. The BCCI versus Gillen McLaughlin. I'm oh, back. Yeah. I'm well. No one, no one, beats the AFL here. Everyone worships at the shrine mm-hmm. of AFL House in Docklands, next to Channel Seven. There, yep. seriously, I've seen shrines there. Um, I walked past with Ed Cowley the other day. We got on our knees. <laughs> but I'm thinking now, can we get the BCCI into this? You know, yeah. BCCI v AFL. That's a good. That's a good corporate battle. I got a story the other day. I'm not going to name any names, and I'm going to read a text message, and we could be in trouble for this. Xi Jinping went to an AFL game as part of his time in Melbourne in 2014. He was Mm -hmm. seated next to X, let's just say an executive. Lunch started and X tried to explain the rules with the help of a translator. After a minute or so, Xi Jinping, or Xi, put his hand up and palm towards the executive, then down onto his chest. (laughs) The executive didn't know what was going on, but stopped talking. When he did, the translator said, Xi Jinping does not want to hear any more about the rules. <laughs> <laughs> they then sat in silence for 15 minutes or so before he left. <laughs> Holy shit. We need, to, we need to get some big international players in to start the yeah, process yeah, yeah. to get some life back into our wickets. And Mate, then women's 100%. test matches can take off. So the, the answer is Xi Jinping and the BCCI. That's what I was going to say. Sorry.
1: So we're giving China coal, right? It's one of right. the biggest exports. Right. What are they doing for us? They can give us some bouncy decks. Yeah. That's what China can and do can for us. They can take on Gillen. If China start giving you some bouncy decks,
2: I'm learning Mandarin next week. Mate, we said that. That's where Whatever. That's how Shorten lost the election in 2017. He shouldn't have focused on climate change. He should have focused on delivering six hundreds in the Ashes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We're going to get to the Australia England stuff in a moment as well. This Ashes stuff. And there's a suggestion that like Scott Morrison's going to try and position himself to deliver the Ashes mm-hmm. after basically being the guy to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the answer is political. With this, well, do you want to get into the to, to the Ashes chat now? You got any Poonam walking stuff? Got, uh, a, got a view on some walking?
1: Only that it was just completely unrelatable. I mean, how how often did you ever see in a grade game a guy walk? I mean, it's just too it, like it's it's too financially expensive to walk in a, in a club <laughs> game. Cl- yeah, like yeah. I've spent. But then the, the opportunity cost of cricket, as we've said before. Mm, mm. Cost-benefit analysis. <laughs> and you make that in your head as you nick to a gully. Yes. <clears> and not walk. <laughs> Got formulas and shit running <laughs> out in front of your eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just code. Yeah. Like the matrix. Um, yeah. It's just unrelatable, someone walking. Like being like so um, selfless to walk off the field to say, but no, is it? I'm going to honour the game because I know that I hit it.
2: So, ordinarily, I think, and, and Poonam was 30 of 160 rocks, so Australia was probably saying, let's keep her in.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's what you would be saying.
2: Ordinarily, you think, well, it's your funeral. You know, like, if you, if you want to do that, if you, if you want to play it that way, go for your life. Mm. The only ethical question I see with walking is, who owns the, the innings? Who owns that player's innings? Because you immediately go, well, the, the individual owns it. Do, what do, do you mean? Well, does the individual own the innings? I don't Be- know what you mean. Well, what I mean is, okay, you're a bowler. Say you're a leg spinner. Okay. You're coming in. Yeah. Your number three's in. You want a big target to bowl at. Yeah. Right? You don't want to have to start with your field out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. right? You, you, the, the batter is there to generate as many runs as possible for the team. Right. Right? Yeah, um, well,
1: sort of. It's a, It's a. you know, you don't have yourself, but yeah.
2: Well, this is the, that's the ethical question. So, like, I'm a bowler, i want a bowler with a, a bigger target, and I've got batters trying to apply a bit of, like, moral fundamentalism yeah. and essentially denying the umpire yeah. their right to make a decision, right? Everyone's got a role. I see. Right? Everyone's got a role. Um, you know, does that same person, would Poonam, for example, who goes, oh, I, I will just make decisions based on what I think has happened, right? Right. Do they appeal for LBW? I don't think that's out. Of course you fucking go up. You give the umpire the, the choice. My view mm. is that, like, your ultimate moral obligation is to the laws of the game, which which gives the umpire the right to make the decision. Um, you are uh, out not when you say you're out, but when the umpire says you're out. And secondarily, your obligation is to your teammates. I mean, I... D- Gilchrist d- could walk because he did other good shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... D- I did walk for a couple of LBWs in my career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. That was actually one of my dreams. I walked out to bat without my bat. Oh, it's going to trigger me for the next three weeks yeah, now. True. Fuck, why did I say that? Yeah. But in this instance, like the umpire gave her not out. Yeah. Shook his head. Yeah. Said, no, that's not out. And then she was already off. Halfway up the coast, halfway up Kavalav.
2: So I've got this feeling I cannot justify <laughs> in any way. Paradise. Sorry. Halfway up Kavalav, yeah. mate. <laughs> Where the bikers used to be. <laughs> I yeah. sort of felt like it, it, there was a chance – this is probably not the case, but, like, something about the way Healy sort of celebrated. Maybe she just sort of took the gas off a little bit, walked a bit, and was like, oh, I didn't realise that I was oh, giving Oh, once you say like one step. Yeah, she took a step was like, I can't fucking go back now. Yeah. You know?
1: Cooked herself. Yeah.
2: I wonder if you start walking and then you realise you're not out. You're, like, just
1: turning, oh, yeah, you know, I'm good. Didn't someone do that – didn't Manus do that where, like, he did a fake walk and then, like, there was a plain miss and it was a half a pill, then he started to walk off and then he stopped and then, yeah. like – Oh, is it India? Like, they burnt a review off the back yeah. of it? Yeah, oh, That's cat and mouse going oh, I to be. into that. I love that. That's houseery.
2: And that's what's going to happen with man cads as well. Yeah. Or run outs, whatever you want to call it. Whatever. You start pretending you're out of your crease. Bowler gets distracted.
1: Yeah. I like the idea of it anyway. All right. Me too. Uh, <clears throat> um, the... Men's Ashes. Now, the ECB released a statement on Monday night. They had the statement and they released it into the wild like a fucking dove. Over the weekend, the statement says, we have been talking to England men's players and management to provide them with the latest information about the proposed arrangements for this winter's scheduled Ashes tour. We remain in regular and positive dialogue with Cricket Australia over these arrangements as a picture is constantly evolving. With health and well-being at the forefront, Our focus is to ensure the tour can go ahead with conditions for players and management to perform at their best. We will continue talking to our players this week to share the latest information and seek feedback later this week. The ECB board will meet to decide whether the conditions in place are sufficient for the tour to go ahead Mm -hmm. and enable the selection of a squad befitting of a series of this significance. It's fucking 5-0. Come out here. We'll beat you whenever. That's what I want to say. It's my
2: reaction to that. I mean, in... um, It's got to, got to work through the chronology of this as well because they made a statement last week saying we're going to make a decision this week. Yeah. And yeah. then they didn't. And then they've made another just statement. Push it back. Well, they've just, said, they've just come out in public again and gone, uh, yeah, yeah, no, like we're... Still thinking about it. Well, still, about still it. a couple of conditions that need to be satisfied in grade terms. It's like I'm not thinking about not going around again next year. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I want a dollar a run.
1: But what happens? They always go around again.
2: Well, it's hard to conceive of this as anything but like brinkmanship. Yeah, I mean, this is give us some more concessions, right? Like, and and the media are like swallowing it up. Like the idea when you put this extra statement out mm-hmm. is to get people writing. Oh, the ashes may not be on. Like uh, mm. Cricket Australia, you've got to deliver more for us mm. so that we can't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of media are doing that. Why does it still feel like colony shit? Oh, I we'll will, get to that. will still fucking tell you what's going on. So this is against the backdrop of a number of pieces coming out from both countries mm. where essentially – How's the on it? Mate, how's the how, – that's a new segment <laughs> we're going to do in a second. <laughs> but like, the, like the, the entire issue of the Ashes – yeah. is uh like I think it's like strap in for the next fucking three months of this shit. By oh the way, my God. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is ostensibly about how both countries have dealt with the ravages of the pandemic mm. in their own ways mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that have like crippled health and economies. But we are now going to run it through the old tropes mm-hmm. of boorish, unsophisticated Australians, yep. and whinging uppity entitled pomps. That's right. All right? It's like. It's like uh, I've or- I'm already seeing some fucking two World Wars and one World Cup shit, you know? <laughs> it's like Oliver Brown in The Telegraph, which is a, which is an interesting article, you know, the Australia's zero COVID doom loop images of fathers handcuffed in a Sydney park with his infant daughter. Yeah, uh, A country once celebrated for its subversive larrikin spirit has been paralysed for 20 months by the fantasy that it can insulate itself indefinitely from a global pandemic. He's quoted an academic saying that we're the hermit kingdom of the South Pacific. Everything in the article he says is right. Yeah, it's pretty good. It is. It, it, it's bang on. But then you know when you have got the ECB like chair, yeah, saying like uh, we'll need CA to to yeah. deliver, yeah, for us, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like kiss the if, ring, if kiss the fucking ring. Yeah, it's like. Uh, oh, sorry. It's got a message saying that Cam Green doesn't want to do our show. Um, how big is he? Well, we're gonna yeah, have to wait to fucking, find out. Like a too big for us apparently. Yeah. Um. Exactly, a big old head in the studio. I'm not sure that was the exact message, but it was they're unavailable. So, yeah, when you get the ECB chair essentially saying Cricket Australia is going to have to like kiss nah, the well. ring to get you yeah. know Mark yeah. Stoneman out here, yeah, yeah, yeah. it just you're like I've got sympathy for the England players, yeah, but when you start talking like that yeah. and I'm an Australian, oh. I, I start getting a bit triggered. Yep, you know. Mm.
1: I was reading uh, NASA's piece. Who's he? Is
2: he right for the Mirror? Yeah. Is that right? He writes for the one where there's about a thousand ads as you scroll down and your, your page <laughs> starts glitching. Oh, that one? Yeah, that Yeah, yeah, true. Got <laughs> the page three girls. <laughs> oh, I don't
1: know what you're talking about. Um, he wrote a piece saying, like, oh, it's a bit rich, like Australia. Lecturing know, us. Demanding that we come out here given what England have been through. Now, NASA makes a great point, and he's right. England have played more Test cricket than maybe anyone in the history of the game. A lot of people don't know this, but actually, Zach Crawley's going to play his 100th test match at the MCG this year he's played that many tests this year true so that's true but also why do I feel like and I fucking love NASA NASA just sneaks into my top 10 commentators <laughs> <laughs> just end of my holding love NASA but also like shut the fuck up you're going to come out here it's going to be 5-0 you're not going to like it you meek little English fucking coat just come out here and let us bump you you've got a shit team we're going to fucking smash you and I say that and I love England. I, I genuinely love Can England. Can you hold I two, ideas at, percent, two I, ideas at the I same... Two contradictory ideas at the same time. I love the culture over there. I really like the place. Shut the fuck up. Come and play some cricket out here. Lose 5 nil and fuck off. Why do I want these things in my head at the same time?
2: I actually want them in my head at the same time. And this is the opportune time to announce our new segment. We're going to be inviting people to participate in what we're calling a visceral minute. <laughs> So you can make these analyses and say England have been whipped for 18 months. Their mental mental health is struggling. that's true. And they they are not asking for things that any other country wouldn't provide. No. We are a hermit nation. Yeah. We could be vaccinated. Could be. But we weren't because ah, we wanted a bit more upstairs cargo stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? A couple of meetings didn't take. Whatever. It's our fault. Got a vaccine there. No, wait for a better one. It's not a race. Yep. Don't worry about it. So they're entitled to ask for some shit, right? Every other country would deliver. Hey, Pakistan would. Yep. Yeah. Yeah Yeah But When you start sort of Doing a bit of kiss the ring stuff Yeah You're just gonna trigger You know mm. It's gonna It's like Oh okay Come as there's a Grow moustache now Yeah It's gonna be more facial headgear gear Exactly um, So it's funny you talk about that He goes Because we've got Now Now it's being set up You know Everyone's in their corner Yeah Everyone's fucking Depending on where you were born mm. You just take that view So Australia have like rolled out Tim Payne and Nathan Lyon Of course Tim Payne struck again on his SEN show. (laughs) Hell of a show. it's getting some clicks, that show. Oh, well, they're talking about the AFL trade window now. Of course, yeah, yeah. And he says, essentially, you know, the the Ashes will go ahead, as you say, whether Joe Root's here or not. Yes. Um, They all want to come. There's no doubt about that. And there's a lot of English press now saying, like, like they've not received those comments too well. Very upset by Tim's comments. Now, like, the thing about Payne is that, like, Tim Payne is very punchy and gruff, uh, in a manner that is contrary to how smooth his aesthetic is. Yeah, right? it is. There's a bit of a dichotomy there, isn't it? What you, what you need to understand about Payne is that like, mm-hmm. he's basically Matt Wade with smooth skin and school captain features. Mm. right? The Nivea sponsorship. Indeed. He's a gruff <laughs> fighter from Lauderdale, <laughs> and he'd take that as a compliment. I'm sure. Um, like, I think there's a way Payne could have made that point yeah. without sounding as though he was calling them chicken, like throwing red meat to the Aussie base there. Like, just, you know, these guys are struggling. The English cricketers are struggling. Yeah. they got real concerns. Yeah. And because of the money they make, they don't necessarily need to come they don't out. They do need to anymore, yeah. Um, and, and, like, Lyon's the same. But Payne is right, I think. I mean, would the tour be irrelevant without Joe Root? Not really. Truly. I mean... Lots of series happened without big players. Stokes didn't come out last year. Coley, uh, last time, Coley wasn't here last year. Mm-hmm. Smith and Warner missed a year. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Conn pointed out that Greg Chappell wasn't there in 81 when um, Lily and Marsh bet against Australia, then both and did some stuff, but that was not related. Right. Um, and so, yeah, there's this effort now, though, like between journalists to like crowbar right. domestic COVID approaches into like a colonial tête-à-tête, right. you know. It's Fun. it's unbecoming, but it's good copy. Yeah. Um, And so that's what's going on now. And I just think about, like, Adam Hills in that Australian tourism campaign. Mate songs. You know, sisters and brothers, we know you think you're above us, England. But deep down you love us. You just repress your emotions. But we'll put you right. Grab your cozies. Come out here and we'll smash you (laughs) 5-0. Get these blokes off the fucking front dog. Exactly. There's going to be no fucking front dog for Mark
1: Stoneman. Ollie Pope won't be playing a cover drive Mm. until next summer. So that visceral um,
2: minute, he goes. If you want to, if you want to, I'm going to set up a hotline. Just send an audio grab. Yeah. If you want to send in an audio grab of how you yeah. feel about okay. Australia, okay. or how you feel about England, yeah, either um, side, either, either side. And I yeah. want it to be divorced from true analysis. Yeah. I, I want it to be visceral. I don't yeah. want it to be racist. Yeah. Ideally, not racist. Ideally, That'd be good, thanks. Yeah. But uh, just tell us how you feel about the about yeah. about the other country.
1: Leave stats out of it. Don't no, want any stats. stats. It's what's in your brain. Yeah.
0: What's
2: in your
1: brain What's in your viscerally brain? Visceral about, when you think about the other country? Because we feel sorry for
2: England, but also 5-0, we want to smash you yeah. hard when yeah. you come out. It, it could be this year. It could be next year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can't hide. Yeah. You can run. You can't hide.
1: <laughs> I told you this the other day, but uh, during the English summer, Atherton was doing a piece for Sky about the Oval. And yeah. he was like going around like all the he was like the history of the rooms, and he was talking about like Victor Trumpers coming out to drive and all that shit, and um and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. And he um he just said he literally just said the word Australia. That's all he said, and he it was in no way derogatory. Yep. It had no connotations to it. He was literally saying the country where Victor Trumper was from, and the way he said it, I was like, he still thinks that we're a fucking colony. Yep, and I want to kill him. Yep, that's what I thought in my head, and. You admire him, respect. And I've him. met him and he was like the nicest, yep. lovely, affable, mm. humorous man. Mm. And I would kill for a beer with him. Yep. But he said Australia and the inflection of it, I was like, I want to fucking kill you. You were yep. shit against my ra McGrath and I hate you. Yep.
2: Imagine And then the I had mo- to lay down for a while. <laughs> Imagine the mood out here if they were given special <laughs> exemptions. You know. Oh, I reckon that'll go down well. People be b- baying for blood, not that they can go to the game. No, 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 no,
1: no! <laughs> He's angry. Tweets, yeah. <laughs> real angry. <laughs> well, this is day two forty-five, I think today, yeah. two fifty, something like mm. that. Lockdown, mm. so it's been, it's been, a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've been allowed outside. Just a,
2: an ancillary point to this, Higos. Mm-hmm. So, like cricket, because um, no one plays anymore. No one plays. Uh, like international cricket is now just a big negging contest. Like the the question is, who can pull out from whom. As, as yeah. everyone's saying,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I've read that yeah. a fair bit actually. Yeah. yeah, That was in NASA's piece.
2: Yeah, um, so India's rightly number <laughs> that has one. On they has a piece on it. They're at a test match. Has <laughs> a piece on it. They're at a test match. England, uh, India pull out of a game in England. That's you know, right. That's on right. the, the mother country of Test cricket. They How walk, dare they? They walk away. Yep. So they become the alpha in the power rankings of international cricket. Negging. I think they probably were, but yeah. But the sorry, you're right. <laughs> they didn't become it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they assumed that some a few decades ago. Yeah. But. Uh, so. Who's number two? Yeah, that's so because one. I was always wondering. You know who's mm. who's the best of the rest? And it looks mm. like I mean England are making a big play right now mm-hmm. to be the ones pulling out of Australia. Like yeah. we don't need to come to you. You got to play hard to get for us. Mm. You you got to work for us. Yeah. But in a, in a week's time, if England come out, does it flip? It's like you guys are always you guys are always
1: coming. But then what about if Australia then goes to Pakistan? Which they probably won't, but if they do, then it'll be like, see, England was scared to come here, but we're we're fulfilling our commitments. Does that lift
2: you up in the alpha? But if England didn't go to Pakistan, then they, you know, they they would claim they didn't need Pakistan. I didn't need to go to that party. I didn't need to. Yeah. So it's like who can play? Like the le- the yeah. less cricket you play, yeah, the more alpha. The more you alpha are. you are. It's it's like uh, being fashionably late. It's you know, um, yeah. What is it? Uh, something breeds demand. Absence, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it looks like England... Scarcity. That, scarcity breeds demand. So that... Thank you. Um, India, England, Australia. Is England above Australia in terms of like uh, rich alpha rankings in world cricket? It is an interesting one. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I think, We're going to find out. I think England have the history of it. Do we need England more than England needs us? That's... Yeah. And who is the special relationship with India? Because England yeah. thinks they are. Yeah. Who does India like... Who does India prefer? Who does India think is their real partner in terms of negging everyone partner. else in world cricket?
1: I don't know if they have any partners. I think they just, like, enjoy smashing everyone.
2: Yeah, they don't care. They, they, don't they care. laugh. Yeah. The whole thing. There's a lot of people <laughs> yeah. in the in the comments going, like, oh, I think clearly the, the biggest rivalry now is the Border yeah. the Basket Trophy. Yeah. Just yeah. call cool your jets. Call your jets. Enough, you guys got just enough cricket. Call cool yeah. your jets. Let us do this. Mm. Just leave this alone, all yeah. right? Yeah. Poor New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kiwis. Whatever. <laughs> I'll tell you what the BBL's looking good this summer. They'll get all those international players.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting when uh, when England pull out and we um, we get eighteen ODIs against Pakistan um, to cover that. So that is going to be good. And really glad all at Marvel Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's brinkmanship. This I, is Brinkmanship. I also guys. had uh, also had that it's quite an interesting turnaround. That like now I just said how much I wanted to kill Mike Atherton, right? Yeah, and I so I understand. You speak
2: for a lot of Aussies I when under- you say that.
1: <laughs> I understand, and NASA as well.
2: And just to be clear, yeah. Not be-
1: it's nothing to do with who he is. No, no, no. It's a trigger. It's a trigger. The
2: colonial trigger. And so
1: I understand the Tim Payne hate, you know, from yeah. overseas, like the Indians as well, like very unpopular. England as well, you know, just certain comments and stuff. Because like people are now defending Kevin Peterson. He's now, yeah, he's now the deferred. Oh,
0: that's,
2: yeah, that's d- um, it's a fair few b- mental gymnastics to contort yourself yeah. into defending KP. R- real twists, real twists. The hey, thing with Payne is he does
1: good stuff for the Rhinos.
2: He he does, he does.
1: Um, I also saw the MC. G pitch is being installed this week. Yeah, great. Uh, so that's um that's good news. Yeah. It's being installed this yeah. week, mate. Oh, the Melbourne it, cricket it. ground, their pitch is being installed yeah. this week. Like fucking new software on your computer. Fuck me. Fucking update it. <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> like an Ant- Norton Antivirus. virus. <sighs> um all right. Uh, the Sheffield Shield, the WBBL, the Marsh Cup. Uh, just the most interesting thing of this is that uh, Tuesday last week Queensland-Tasmania were going to play a game, then there were four cases in Queensland. This is just for, <laughs> this is just to give a, a scope of what's going on here with COVID in Australia for those playing overseas. Four cases last week in, uh, in Queensland, so the Queensland-Tasmania game was rescheduled and the Tasmanian team flew home. I also noticed that in the news yesterday, that there was one case uh, in Tasmania. One mystery case in Tasmania yesterday. First case has been there for two months, and they're concerned about it. So that's what's going on down here. Uh, Queensland's rescheduled trip um, to Adelaide got off on the wrong foot. This is uh, this is per ESPN. Uh, after the team van was broken into and some playing equipment stolen ahead of Thursday, Sheffield Shield clash with Tasmania at Karen Rolton Oval. Thieves broke the van's window while it was parked outside the team hotel and stole some gear. Queensland wicketkeeper Jimmy Pearson – Posted a photo on his Instagram of the van's broken window stating that he was the unlucky one <laughs> to have a couple of brand new bats stolen. Mm. Uh-huh. You
2: know, I think put yourself in the thieves' shoes. Like I presuming they, presuming they haven't been casing the Queensland cricket team. Yeah, and, like, Jimmy, and Jimmy But Pearson. they just see like they yeah. see a big van. Yeah. They're like, well, there's probably some great like hi fi equipment in here or something, or maybe it's a yeah. band or something, you yeah. know, like yeah. carrying some good, good mm. shit or good gear. Good gear. They crack open the window, like, mm-hmm. "What the fuck's this?" <laughs> What's this two nine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, what do you do? What do you do? I've I've got a couple of new sticks. Go to a pawn yeah, shop. that. It's like someone walks in. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. What do what you? What, are, what, what What is? Was what that GM going to set me back? <laughs> like in the pawn shop, broker just picking it up. <laughs> what grain is this?
0: It's a two tone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you reckon
2: the thief knows how much yeah. it's worth? Or whatever. <laughs> what do you got the squirrel grip. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure about the aesthetic of that. GM's <laughs> like, not really produced one well in the last couple of years.
1: I like the idea that uh, the thief is like a – he's like a tortured uh, club cricketer. He's like mm. just trying to escape the game. Yeah. It's like he's he's just trying to get his case and things, yeah. trying to get like one final payoff yeah. before he retires, and he breaks into a van, mm. and it's a cricket kit, and he's like, oh, fucking, okay, I'll play again. And now What's he's going to be playing fours
2: for fucking summer in <laughs> Adelaide <laughs> with Jimmy Pearson's kit <laughs> and his bull's lid. They get their good, like uh, the good haul from the – from the from the van and then he just he goes <laughs> to grade games and just sells it out the back of his like, back of his car. Like someone would a book, you know. I'm like just bypassing yeah. the middle person. I'm gonna get yeah. to that in a second. <laughs>
1: um the WBPL kicks off on uh, Thursday. That's like no, that's next Thursday, October 14. Mm. Sixes and stars. That's down there in Tasmania. I think the first two weeks of that tournament's in Tasmania. But now there's one COVID case, maybe the whole thing's gonna be called off. Something to track there. Um the IPL. Uh now, obviously, we're doing. Um, if you want more IPL gear, you can check it out YouTube just about every single day. If you want the audio, if that's how you consume TGC, you can check out Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Great Cricket, including our weekly show with Shane Watto Watson, who is somewhat of an IPL legend. Uh, not that one would know that uh, if you live in Australia.
2: Um, some great chats with Watto recently as Mate, well. Mate, really good. I really Getting dream. real great cricket areas. Yeah,
1: so if you want more – we're only going to do a quick IPL thing here, but if that's what you want, then YouTube or Patreon uh, for that kind of gear. Now, uh, the probably the most interesting thing from an Australian perspective where we use that lens, I suppose, for this uh, audience that we're talking to right now uh, is that uh, Dave Warner has basically been completely axed from his team, Sunrisers Hyderabad, where he is a hero, a mm-hmm. legend of the game. He's, he's definitely in the um, – In the conversation for greatest ever IPL player, his record. He's in the conversation for Mm. it. Um, And he is... He's just been axed by Trevor Bayless, Tom mm. Moody, Brad mm. um, then the, That's the coaching staff there. At owners, sunrises, the owners as well. They've just bit of owner stuff, bit of owners stuff, uh, and that uh, doesn't bode well. He's had a really rough tournament. He's uh, he's 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 scored like it's like five or six years where he scored over five hundred runs in the tournament, which is amazing. He's only averaging twenty four this year. He's got a couple of fifties, but he's been scoring slower. He looks weird and out of touch, yeah. and there's something going on there. This is all in the context of the Australians overseas at the moment. Steve Smith has done okay. I Steve guess Smith got when left out again
2: by Delhi overnight. Yeah, he, he also didn't got get a,
1: bowl a game. Bowled around his legs by Coultonile. Um, um, Hoff. He he was ma- he was man of the match against Dave Warner Sunrises the other day. Three for twenty four or four. Did well, but he's been getting he pumped in a lot of mm. other games that i He bowled watched. well overnight
2: though as well. So I think he's he's coming better. He's
1: coming better. I mean, he's he's a great bowler, but I mm. mean, uh, the shining light for the Australian. Uh, team is Glenn Maxwell Who's having a fucking Unbelievable tournament He's doing yeah. so well He's playing in a team With Vrat Kohli And A.B. De Villiers Yep um, And so that might uh, Explain a little bit uh, of his success, but he scored 550. He's averaging 40. He's hitting him at
2: 145 or something. He's, like he's hot. He's hot. He's right. I said hot. on the other show that Death Valley was in uh, New Mexico. It's in California. It's in California. I was, California. I was helpfully pointed out. Right. But um, I meant like um, Death Valley, New Mexico, which is also hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No That's mistakes right. here. No, no, no. But uh, he's, he's hot. He's hot like Death yeah. Valley at the moment. I yeah. just want to and hope it doesn't turn into Siberia soon. I just Just keep it going.
1: Um, and not much else to really report from the Australians looking like the overseas stats and there's not much to report not so much doing if there is a if, if the, there is a market so this is obviously in the UAE where the World Cup is about to start in three weeks time uh, for the already qualified nations anyway uh, doesn't look too great for Australia but in the context also of England talking about them Moeen Ali is having a sensational tournament um, with the baddies batting three for CSK he's got heaps of runs doing really well but there's actually not much else for England either uh, Josh Butler was having a pretty good tournament beforehand, but mm. he's not. He's not taking part in the second stage of this IPL. Liam Livingstone, who's done so well for England recently domestically as well, he's
2: he's he hasn't caught hot. Mm. And Owen Morgan, and Owen Morgan, a run. fucking can't get off the square. Can't get off the square, and he's saying, yeah, but the the longer I go without contributing, means I'm closer <laughs> to contributing, <laughs> so. which is which is up there with I'm not out of form, I'm out of runs, <laughs> out of runs from yeah. Dave Warner himself. Wonderful stuff. Um, but he doesn't really equivocate on comments publicly. Oh, Morgan. So, if you think that's what he's saying, it is not what. He's saying. <laughs> indeed,
1: indeed. Uh, anything else for the IPL?
2: Uh look, it goes into the finals next week. There's yeah. one spot remaining for the playoffs. Yeah. Um. I don't. I suspect that doesn't really mean much to
1: many people listening. No. Well, but it's interesting. Just in my experience of just having watched the, you know, the women's test match, which for me anyway was like a, a long stretches, was tough, was a tough watch. Uh, the IPL, this second phase of it, they've crammed. 31 games in 27 days A lot of that has just been Fucking let's just Let's just complete this Contractual obligation That we have with our Commercial partners Mm. And we'll be doing some ads soon
2: Um, Yeah watch our stream On Thursday night uh, (laughs) CSK versus some shit And um the, the, for the playoffs, really, if if there's anything to take out from the IPL from an Australian perspective, it's it's can Ponting do it with Delhi? Yeah, right. Ponting they they just lost in the final to Mumbai mm. last time. Mm. They're looking really good. They're top of the table. Uh, Stornis has got a hamstring injury. That's another mm. bad thing for yeah, the Aussies no as Aussies, well. Yeah. But ho- hopefully he'll be back. And yeah, the question is, can can Ponting go one better? Um, all right. We spoke to Darren Goff. Uh, I think it was three weeks ago now. Yeah,
1: some time ago. Um, uh, so, if there's anything out of context, it will be because of that. Um, but Darren Goff was a great chat, and he was very kind enough to give us, uh, I think, thirty five, forty minutes, something like that. Uh, and he's uh he's a very interesting bloke, and he's a '90s superstar, which is when sport was good because that's when we were kids. Mm. Um, but before then, Pez, we need to speak to. Uh, we, sorry, we need to uh, thank our very dear friends, Budgie Smuggler, who are the centre of the universe for TGC in commercial capacity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we say that when we, we go to our partner meetings. Yeah. You're the center of our
1: commercial universe. And then a long pause, quite yeah. a long pause, mm. where you think that the podcast has stopped, hasn't.
2: Yeah. Just trying Indeed. to think of a word. Well it's it's we've been talking about colonial matters, haven't we? You know, Australia yeah. and England. Yeah, that's and right. Budgie Smuggler as a company has traversed both. Very popular over in the UK. Mm. The smugglers are a great export, which is why They're a great Australian company, Mm -hmm. an emerging great Australian company, Budgie Smugglers. Mm -hmm. I thought you you can get your own design on Barrett smugglers as we come into summer. Not necessarily in Melbourne yet. Probably summer's more (laughs) sort of a January to March thing. But uh, if you're in the market with some smugglers, you can get your own designs there. And I'm just thinking if we're talking Australia, UK stuff, well, what about some uh, famous Anglo-Australians, English-Australians? I don't know what the fuck you even say there. but uh, Coats. Coats, basically. Yeah. whole bunch of prime ministers. He goes. I didn't know that with English uh, heritage. Yeah, well, I mean, early on, like in, in Australia, as a Australia is a federation, and it's a loose federation at proving the moment. Pretty loose. Pretty loose federation yeah. at the moment was formerly populated by fifty plus percent uh, of of English people. Oh right, right. That makes sense with the, with the records that were taken. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No issues about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Billy Hughes 7th Prime Minister Born in London Earl Page His father's from London 11th Prime Minister Robert Menzies His maternal grandparents Are born in Penzance England Right Harold Holt English descent I can go Yeah I remember, I remember Harold
1: Holt remember oh, Yeah He could have actually used some budgies When he went for a dip
2: Gough Whitlam English descent um, You know no, It goes what? all the way through yeah. I mean Tony Abbott's dad is Is English There's nothing going on there you know when Harold
1: Holt got uh, when he just disappeared? And the, the yeah, conspiracy theory of the day was that he was picked
2: up by a Chinese submarine. That's right. That's still the theory.
1: Do you know how fucking scary that would be if you were going for a swim and a
2: submarine pops up? Yeah. How does a submarine sort of, I guess a submarine just parks itself a little while away and then a couple of scuba divers come and grab you. Oh, is that how they do it? Yeah, that's how they do it. Because this because yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> this when, is when you're kidnapping someone at the beach, yeah. off the back beach. I've, I've yeah. been at that beach a few times. Have you? Is yeah. it down here, is it? It's in Portsy. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's heading off the coast there. Oh, off the back beach. And the waves there are pretty big. Oh, the back beach. Yeah. He loved to swim, Harold Holt. I love it. It's pretty funny uh, when you go to like a Harold Holt swimming pool. You're like, mm, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. about that. not sure about the memory. They're, they're my children in there. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of Chinese subs might pop up. But we got those nuclear ones now in 25 years or some yeah. shit. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just about to think. Yeah. So they wouldn't have been like nuclear technology. We went into partnership with a country that might be a failed state in five years. The United States. Why would that be failed? What are they up to? Did I miss something? Yeah, I think the next president will probably be Trump. And then there's just going to be bloodshed and civil war. Yeah, Facebook was down this morning. That was pretty stressful. Yeah. So use all of that as inspiration for your smugglers. You can get, what is it? 20% off? 50% off? Custom design?
1: Uh... No, it's, it's custom designs. of about 50 pounds. Yeah. Yeah.
2: $100. Using the code CHAMP at budgysmuggler.com. Here goes this interview coming up. is brought to you by our great friends at T20 Stars, which is yep. founded by Shane Watto Watson. Yeah. Later today, we're going to do a bat review. Oh, yeah. And he's worried about that, to be he honest, because be. we haven't uh, we haven't confirmed or denied how we feel about the stick, no. which I've used yeah, you by have. the way, yeah, I've yeah. gone to the Nets. I didn't say he asked me how it was. I said, I won't tell you. I'll wait, yeah. wait until the bat review comes mm-hmm. out. That's how I speak to Shane mm-hmm. Watson. Yep. Yep. Um, Sorry, who's this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've made a big mistake there, mate. <laughs> we chased you for a long time to get on this show. Yeah. And now you've asked for something. Yeah. So that bat review's coming out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll put it up on Instagram, but is Instagram even working anymore? It's working now. Um, but checking out T20 Stars. So last week, I said that the bat, the stick, is. 50% off what you normally pay. Mm-hmm. I was uh, politely corrected that it was more like 30%. Okay. Yeah. But I, I just, I said back to our partners, I'm just rounding up baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the good news is though, that
1: water has confirmed that he will knock in your bat personally at your doorstep <laughs> for you. So that's amazing news. How good's that? Anywhere in the country, he'll come free. Oh, great.
2: <laughs> Looking forward to another text now going, Shane will not be doing that. Please make that clear. <laughs> He's got time. He's got time on his hands. The thing about this this kit is that it is genuine high like I didn't believe that you could get high quality cricket equipment at a decent price. I know that sounds really cliche. Would you say so, there was unbelievable I mean, unbelievable unbelievable unbelievable. Um sorry. You can get them at good prices and yeah. you get free and fast delivery and guess what like people go okay but I need to pick up the the bat.
1: I got to pick up the bat. Guess
2: what you can you can. And if you don't like it, free return.
1: Free return. Free return. That is, that's that's a good deal. It's
2: well, That's legit. In t- for an
1: online business, that's legit.
2: In the 21st century, yeah, where yeah. we do everything online, yep. for, so it's, it's fit for purpose, yep. you don't have to go into a store anymore. You don't have to go into a bricks and mortar cricket store. I hate stores. And get, exactly. And get eyeballed to the fucking nines. Yeah. <laughs> eyeballed to the nines? <laughs> What's this bite doing? He's eyeballing Here's me as soon to the, as you the nines. you into a cricket shop, the... the the assistant oh. there is looking at you, trying to, he's, he's over he's your shoulder. To Everyone's went, what's you his play? Exactly. What does he look like? Oh. I'm looking you up and down. How does he walk? Yeah. Everyone else is there trying to pick up bats, trying not to be self-conscious, but also trying to smash the bat into but the ground. you
1: know what you're doing as well as the great cricketer. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry, as a great cricketer. Yes. Not you walking in as the great cricketer. I do that,
2: though. <laughs> I say that to it's my wife on, when I walk <laughs> in with her. I'm the grade cricketer here. Is that hot? How many followers have you got? <laughs> I've <laughs> come into heaps of cricket stores with me. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But you're doing the same thing when you walk in as a great cricketer. You're making the assumption of other people in the store as well. Is he bigger than me? It's actually, What's it's this store very clerk draining. doing? It's
2: exhausting. It's very exhausting. We, store it's fun. Actually, it's a fun game. Oh, very fun game. Yeah, especially yeah. when you go in as the grade cricketer. <laughs> I'm 36 and I'm an internet person. so I actually carry a blue tick with me wherever I go. I, when I worked at um, Telstra many, many years ago, there was all this chat about like... Um, You know, how to work through the issue of uh, people in call centres, you know? And like What's the issue? Well, a lot of people get upset that they're not talking to someone who's English, you know, whose English is good or whatever. Okay. This is obviously part of the
1: I do interject. I called Medicare the other day. Everything's fine, don't worry. Um but uh before like I got connected to a um assistant. Thank you. Someone um like I got all this messaging and being like, Don't abuse the person online. If yeah. you swear at them, if you abuse them, they're hung up on you. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. I was like, if they have to like have that message, they must get that like all the time. Oh, it's huge, it's a huge issue. And I think rightfully so, because you know, if I have to wait like three minutes.
2: A lot of the people that you speak to with Telstra, are like are based in call centers in the Philippines, right? right? And a lot of them are extremely skilled and know way more than people who would have English first language. So I'll just say that off the top. Mm-hmm. But someone was like, No, oh, we need to help um we need to help uh, like, work these call centre operators to be a lot more, um, like, civil and better and better to speak with and blah, 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 blah. And someone was like, no one wants to talk to anyone on the phone anymore. This person was right. No one wants to talk on the phone anymore. You just want to do it in solitude, in your underpants oh, or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. And I think Watto – Under a blanket. Exactly. And the T20 Stars team is tapping into this. <laughs> you should be able to get a stick in your underpants <laughs> yeah. online. Finally. And so – if you want to do that, go to T20Stars.com. No fuss selection and ordering process. It's founded by Shane Watson. Ditch the old school shops.
1: Yeah, and it's affordable. Finally. Affordable drinky. That's good. That's good. And Whole we'll range of sticks that. as well.
2: It's not just one bat.
1: Whole range of stuff. Where is it? T20Stars. T20Stars.com. Here he is. Here's Darren Goff. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town.
2: With us today, uh, as a kid growing up in the golden era of Australian cricket, or as kids, he goes. I'll speak for you here. Um, you know, we could detect that this guy seemed like the only one that the Aussies respected uh, in that era. The only player, the only one they liked. Um, he dazzled. He humoured, he was a bright spark through the 90s and early aughts for England, Uh, 58 tests to his name, 229 wickets, 9 fifers, like a ton of fourfers as well, Um, go with 159 ODIs, 235 wickets there at 26, 855 first class wickets overall, Uh, it's Yorkshire and England's finest and also the winner of Strictly Come Dancing in 2005, Darren Goff, Goffy, welcome to The Great Cricketer.
0: I'm glad you saved the uh, the last of uh, the the best of last there, guys. Strictly Come Dancing champion, and you missed the champion of champions 2009, where I beat Rampage. So all those people keep saying Ramps is a better dancer than me. Do one, do one. I beat him in the champion of champions. He's never gonna live it down.
2: Uh, champion of champions. The levels to that. Um, Goffy, we we, we normally start by asking about you know the guests connection to club cricket, but like, I just note that you're another one of these guys. We've, we've interviewed so many of them who was a footballer first. And then cricket was the fallback. You know, you dreamt of playing for Barnsley. You were, you're at Rotherham. And then yeah. when you were 16, you thought I can play cricket. And the first professional game you ever saw, you were actually playing in.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's quite a strange. I've always played cricket. So I did play cricket for a cricket club called Montgreen cricket club. Um, where my mum and dad uh, are still at, um, my grandma's still at, my brother's still at. So um, I started there when I was about eight, but football was something I was very, very talented at as a youngster. When I was eight years old, I was playing for the under 11s uh, town um, and uh, I was always one of the best footballers in the county, not just the town. So that was always my first love and it's something I wanted to do. Um, I got in every representative side Um, cricket was something I played, I enjoyed, but was never something I even considered that it was going to be a job. Um, The dream job when they asked me at school was to be a professional footballer. Um, I nearly got there. Didn't quite happen. I was a late developer with cricket as well, where I had a growth spurt, got stronger at 15, 16. I suddenly got noticed, and it happened pretty quickly from there. But you're right, that is a good point. I'd never even watched a first-class cricket ground live. I'd never been to a first-class cricket ground. So um, the first time I went to one was to train with Yorkshire at Hedenly. Um And then a few months later, I was playing at Lord's, make my debut in 1989. Pretty remarkable really. Um, and people still can't believe it, but it's true. I never went to watch a first-class cricket game. I watched mm. test cricket on TV.
1: But then you also had like a meteoric rise in the test side as well. Coffee, because like on your debut against New Zealand in Manchester, you come in at seven, or 230 for seven and you hit 65. You played 58 tests. You only ever did that one more time, going past 51 more time. I mean, did you think about identifying as an all-rounder after one test match?
0: Uh, no, not really. <laughs> uh, but no, listen, I underachieved with a bat. I think that's quite an obvious statement. When I first started, I was probably a genuine number 11. Um, I spent three or four games in the county game I got a back injury quite early on my debut actually and um, Yorkshire to be fair to them played me in the second team as a batsman Um, not a batsman who was batting in the top five but I was batting at seven they just wanted to keep me going and I played as a batter and I got a couple of good scores um, and I was getting better and better and I'd always had a good eye Um, I played with no fear um, and that's the way I carried on when I got into test cricket. Unfortunately, I got burnt by it. Um, people tried to overcoach me. Back, cross, leave, don't hook. All the things I used to do, play shot a ball, whether it be first ball, um, you know what I mean? I'd I, I just play, go in my gut feeling. But when I got, after 10 tests, I were averaging over 30 with a bat. Suddenly people thought they could coach me and bat number seven. That was the worst thing that could ever happen. It got inside my head. Mm. Um, I started premeditating, meditating um, And my batting went down downhill for uh, quite a while, actually. And towards the end of my career, I then got the confidence back to play my own way. I batted three for Essex. Uh, three years in a row. We won three one-day trophies in a row with me at three. Um, and my last test, I went back out swinging the way I used to. So at least I finished the way I wanted to. And if you take out in first-class cricket and take out the test cricket, which ended up being a disaster with a bat, I actually could play. I got plenty of 50s, 20-odd 50s, I think. I got 100, 490s. Mm. Uh, so I could I could play. And I, and listen, I can look back now and say I was a definite underachiever with a bat, mm. underachiever. Uh,
2: you, you burst onto the scene here in Australia, Goffey, 95, six wickets at, at Sydney, half century there, and – you know, people were labelling you the saviour of English cricket. Like, how, does, how does that play in the head of a youngster at test level? And does it bring back memories to you when you see someone like um, Ollie Robinson? I know he's no spring chicken, but, you know, guys who burst onto the scene quickly. I know you mentioned overcoaching there as well. You know, you must see guys who succeed at the start of their career and think, you know, keep doing what you're doing rather than having a million people come on top and tell you to change.
0: Well, it happened a lot, unfortunately, for us guys in the 90s. Selection, policy, uh, guys had bowled. I mean, just an example. We're talking about Jimmy Anderson this summer, and he's 39, and people say, well, he's bowled 120 overs, 160 overs in the summer. It's a lot of overs. We used to bowl 300 overs before we played the first test. Mm. We had to play county cricket. Armisen, I mean, look at his body. I mean, by the time he played test cricket, and that was quite young as well, he'd bowled thousands of overs. It just hammered him at Durham. And mm-hmm. no, it wasn't Durham's fault. It was just the way it was back then. And same with us guys. So you got guys coming to the test side. People like Corky burst onto the scene, didn't he? Against mm-hmm. South Africa, too, mm-hmm. uh, in 95, where he was awesome swinging the ball. And the sad thing is, I never played with my dream attack, my dream attack throughout all career, because we kept getting dropped, played a couple, didn't play for two years, brought back, played two tests dropped, if you look at the bowlers what we could have had, Goff and Cork and Caddick and Headley and Tufnell, those five, we never played together mm. it's ridiculous when I look back now and think, never played as a four mm. never ever played as a four That that the, those four seamers with Tufnall as the left arm spinner, it, it's remarkable and what could have been I look back on the career now and think I just wish we'd have had the continuity of Um, the game now, the selection, the looking after bowlers. Mm. We just did not have it in the 90s. And listen, it was a great time to play cricket. The the quality of Test cricket, I think, was as high as it gets. The 80s, yeah, were dominated. There were some good sides. I mean, obviously, the West Indies uh, were magnificent. But I think as a whole, every team competing in the 90s was as good as it gets. Zimbabwe were. Mm. An unbelievable team. Zimbabwe were good, you know. Mm. I mean, they had some top quality players, Grant Flower, Andy Flower, you know I mean? The Strangs, uh, Branders, uh, Campbell. They had some top players in Zimbabwe. They were out to beat. And mm. the standard of Test cricket in that period was really, really strong.
1: Mm. I think what I, I would say suggests one of the most famous victories, certainly in my lifetime for England and, and during your career, Goffy, you mean the, the MCG game 98, obviously where you defended 170-odd against Australia win by twelve runs. Sure, Dean Headley took six for, but you got the last two wickets. So it's kind of your it's kind of your victory as much as anything. Um,
0: well, <laughs> mate, 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 I got the five for in the first innings on a flat pitch where no going to ball them out. So I will take that one. Yeah, yeah. But but you're right, Dean Headley. That was his. Listen, that's what I'm saying. I would have loved to have played with Dino mm. a lot more times. Unfortunately, he bowled a lot of rovers in county cricket uh, before he got his opportunity. Injury struck him, and that test match is one of the greatest test matches I've ever been part of just before we were wrote off totally. And that team, we had a decent team in our know, England. Um, I, I ate it when people said the 90s team were rubbish um, and I was the shining light of that team. It really bugs me because we had some good players, mate. Mm. Cricket in the 90s, test cricket, was hard. There were some, mag- Australia were magnificent. The great One of the greatest teams along with that West Indies side. They were really out the beat with Warren and McGrath. Mm. Um, the batting of, I mean, you could pick any one of 12 players who batted at number six for Australia. The rest of it picked itself. They mm. were all fighting mm. for one place. Um, and like I said, the other teams around the world were strong. South Africa were coming back in. Zimbabwe was strong. Pakistan, India, mm. New Zealand. Mm. Um, it was a great period. But Dean Edley in that test match at Melbourne, that second innings, he showed what he can do, mate, and I'm, I'm, it's just a shame but we never played together really that much. We've got a great record together, but mm. we hardly played together.
1: It's such a red-hot part of your career as well in your life, I'm sure, because in '99, you're Wisdom Cricketer of the Year, you, 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 you're top of the world, you're the best player in the world at the time, and then a year later, in the year 2000, there's the fifth test in Centurion, which is maybe one of the most famous tests ever, where, as it turns out, Hansi Cronje has got fifty thousand rand on getting a result uh, winning runs that day, hit by uh, D Goff, uh, batting with Chris Silverwood of all people. Um, so, you know, first question, what did you spend the money on? Um, no. Um, <laughs> <what did> you, <laughs> like, I mean, it, it was such a it must have been such a strange feeling to win such a close and exciting test and then later learn that it was all sort of confected. I mean, when did you first learn that the game was under investigation?
0: Well, we didn't feel right after. <laughs> it just didn't feel right. And um, I know it was a joke, but... Um he walked through the hotel with a leather jacket on. And I think it was Mike Atherton, who's not... Uh, I mean, he wasn't the funniest guy in the team, others, let's be honest, and we were all having a beer. And he said, I bet he got that leather jacket for today. And it was... Obviously, it was a joke, but mm-hmm. it turned out there's a little bit more to it. And at the time, the series was gone. We'd lost the series. Um, we'd gone out on the fourth night. Um, I'd bowled really, really well in the first... Innings, I think I had two for 11 off eight overs or something after day one when we come off the rain. And I'd have, I'd have took that. I were averaging under 30 for the tour. I was pretty happy, you know what I mean? We'd lost the series, but as a personal point of view, under 30 for the tour, it's always the benchmark. I'll take that. Didn't bowl the second day, rain. Didn't bowl the third day, rain. Didn't bowl the fourth day. And we had a one-day series coming up and the original plan was to have a few days off and then go to the one day, but Duncan said, we've got new players coming in, what we could do with. we'll go out tonight, we'll have our celebration, uh end it to a drinks party, um because we ain't going to play tomorrow, and then we can have get into the nets quicker with a white ball so uh all the boys we went out in Santon to a steak restaurant. We had an absolute ball, great evening. <laughs> uh went back, it was still pouring it down, we right raiding johannesburg um. I think I went to bed about three o'clock in the morning. Um, Came down the next day, not too early in food. I'll be honest, mate, that bus journey to Centurion wasn't the best. The sick bucket was along for a couple of uh, times on that journey. Uh, And we got there and they had an helicopter drying the pitch. We're thinking, what's going on here? Uh, And that wasn't too good at all. Um, And we ended up starting, I think, half an hour late. I mean, nobody could believe it. And NASA, being NASA where he was with me, made me ball that morning. Um, And ended up with two for 68. Uh, Took me over the 30 mark and I wasn't too happy with him. And then they declared, and then he made me pad up said I was gonna be the pinch hitter, batting (laughs) at number three. I said, are you having a laugh, mate? Have you seen their bowling attack? I ain't going in against that. And I sat there all day with my pads on because he said I was gonna go in. Uh, But I did end up going in and hit the winning runs um, right at the end. Mm. But yeah, what a strange game. It was a great game. Listen, don't get me wrong. If the idea of the game was to get a result, either way, what a game of cricket. Absolutely amazing for the people who came up that day, thought we ain't going to get any play. It's going to be called off uh, before play starts. Not going to be nothing in. Series or England lose 2-0. And it ended up being an absolutely fantastic day's cricket. Unfortunately, it was contrived uh, that way by what came out after where somebody got a few quid for doing it. And and it was a sad because Hansi Cronje, I met him on a few occasions, played against him, terrific competitor, um, really enjoyed his company. Um, On the first time I played against him in England, 95, I think it was. And then something on 96, I can't remember what it was when I first played against him. It might have been 94. And then he suddenly, um, he did change. He did change over the years. And um, it's such a sad because, like I said, a great cricketer, and a great cricket bread. And it was just so sad, but it ended up being that way. Mm-hmm.
2: Goffey, you just, you mentioned a, a, a good night out at one point there, you, you know, when I was just thinking about putting questions down for you and and where to where to direct them. Like, I, I just kept coming back to you being just the, the charming, like affable, charismatic star of England cricket in the mid to late nineties. And I, I don't know why, but I just keep thinking, it must have just been such a great time to be a sports star in England at that time. I don't know if it's because if it's, it's the Beckham era, Spice Girls, the, the late Princess Diana, pre-9-11 innocence, you know. Can, can, you, yeah. can you somehow try and, like, uh, capture the experience of nightlife and celebrity in England in that era? And, like, I, I know the money's better now for players, but you must surely prefer having been a celebrity in the prime of your life back then than being one now.
0: Well, yeah, two ways. Financially, I'd love to be a cricketer now, earning the door (laughs) these guys are earning. I mean, people send me a message all the time saying, God, can you imagine what Darren Goff would be worth in the IPL now? Yes, I can imagine it, and it bugs me. (laughs) But obviously, playing in the 90s was terrific, mate. I I will be honest, it was a a black. I came from a football world, right? And I'll I'll never forget my debut playing for Yorkshire, first class, 1989. Rocks up. We goes on the train from Leeds to London. Guys are drinking beers there, and so we get to London. I'm half cut. We goes out that night. Uh, must have had five or six pints, uh, probably a kebab, and I'm making my debut next day. Big bacon sandwich for breakfast, cup of tea, <laughs> and then you go out and make your debut on six, six or seven pints, bacon full bacon sandwich and play the everyone. and that's what it was like. And then after the day's play, you go in the local uh, bar at Lords, which we did, you drink with the opposition, chat, talk to some of the greats of the game, overseas players, Desi Ains, who they had, and you just chat uh, to them about cricket and Gat, and Gat was playing that game. And I'm there thinking, I can't believe I'm chatting to Desmond Aynes, I'm chatting to Mike And But that's what it was like back then. You just chat to everyone. I've got a picture I put out on social media yesterday, of me just looking at Malcolm Marshall. I'm playing against him. I think it was about 96. And I'm thinking, Christ, that's one of my heroes. And I'm looking at him like... And I never forget that. Having to sit down with Viv Richards in Cardiff, playing against Gun Morgan, at the Beverly Hotel across from the ground, just a little bed and breakfast. And he sat out there just having a, a glass of rum, whatever. And you sat with him after the game, having a chat to Viv Richards... I mean, what is that about? It doesn't happen these days. I coached England as a consultant who went over to New Zealand last year. Different ball game. I did my usual stuff. Go back, have a shower, because you have a shower at the hotel now. You don't get showered at the ground. Yeah. You have a shower at the hotel. You travel back on a bus and you kick, your England kit. get a shower. Came back down, 7 o'clock, first night in New Zealand. Thought, oh, I can't wait for this. Have a couple of pints with the lads and uh, chat about cricket. 8 o'clock. Half eight. I thought they'd all go out without me. They don't come out. They sit in their room, um, watch Netflix, um, play on COD, Call <laughs> of Duty, is it or FIFA? <laughs> yeah. And they have room service, <coughs> and they prepare for the next day. Luckily for me, Chris Hill would popped down about half eight and Paul Collingwood because they're old school. They're <laughs> from my era, and we had a glass of well, it wasn't beer anymore. We can now afford a glass of red. So it changes. So, yeah, life's changed. The game's change. Night is life was fantastic. And I'd love it. And I, I always say to people now, um, and, and Robert Croft actually texted me a few days ago. And he played in that era. And he said, Daz, you'll never, ever beat 90s sport. And he actually said those exact words. He says, but he wouldn't mind a crack. Five years of playing in the current uh, era. Um, how you get looked after and financially? Mm. Um, it's a different game, different, different game.
2: Yeah, and can and- I just, um, he goes, just, yeah. just level it up one, just one more on the the circuit in the nineties. So you're talking about Desmond Haynes and Viv Richards, but I'm, I want, want to get outside cricket with this because so, I'm reading BBC online in two thousand and one, and and that there's an article there saying that you had an admirer in Anna Kournikova. You know, like that. I mean, that's unbelievable. She's writing about just saying, "I can recognise the major contribution Darren's made to the sport, not only through his talent to play cricket, but through his compelling personality." You can't ignore Darren. Now, I know people are going to say, "Well, you guys have the same agent. It's a wildlife thing, maybe a PR thing." But I'm just thinking, he's in the orbit in the '90s of Anna Kornikova, etc. They're in, you yeah. know, London. That, that, that's what. That's what I'm keen to understand. You know, Spice Girl stuff. I mean, can can you walk me through any of that? malaki
0: well she's lovely isn't she a lovely girl um it must have been the eyes mate blue eyes <laughs> uh, yeah listen we used to do things back then that like like i said i, I was pretty big in cricket in the 90s yeah I, I was marketable there's no doubt about that um i was at the Lord of innocence the way i played the game i played with a smile on my face and that brings its rewards of course it does and um Living in the nineties, having that affection, having the the guy you women had liked to cuddle up to on the longest day of the year. I won that award. I won GQ, one of the GQ Men of the Year in two thousand and one. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. This is your life. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was just a weird, weird time playing in in that, and the affection you had uh, from a nation. Without a doubt, and and stuff like the corner cover thing was—it surprised me. I didn't actually know uh, that was coming, but um, it was great to have in my benefit brochure. Um, and people always ask me about that, mate. They always, always. always ask. I went on the uh, Big Brother house, which used to be a big breakfast show over here. I was on the bed with uh, Paula Yates. Uh, who was the presenter of it and it was always a little bit seductive kind of interview thing it made me feel quite uncomfortable especially as I had my England tracksuit on at the time um, <laughs> but it was kind of it was kind of weird um, but yeah it, it was that's the way it, it was back then and, and Beckham obviously gave it that superstardom. one story on the Beckham thing you know was remember the Brill Cream ads it's always, been a, it's always been a cricketer, right? Brittle cream. And they were chatting to my agent um, in the 90s because I was one of the, uh, the biggest, obviously, sports players in the 90s. And they were chatting to my agent. And I thought, oh, mate, this is a game changer. This is a huge contract. I think it was something like 250 grand back then, which would have been a lot of money uh, back then to me. And they're chatting through, we got through stage one, stage two, going to the contracts. And then Beckham got engaged to Posh Spice and he blew me out of the water. And if you remember, you're looking at YouTube, or will Google it. He signed a million pound contract with Brill Cream to be the new face. I mean, how can I compete with Beckham? You know I, mean? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it ended up being the right move and he came the Brill Cream boy uh, for quite a few years. But the funny thing about that, he became the Brill Cream boy and then he shaved all his hair off, didn't he? So that didn't go down well. <laughs> And I lost that contract uh, right at the death because he got engaged to a a Spice Girl. Um, And then they went back to cricket and it ended up being Kevin Peterson, I think, 12 years later or whatever, being the Brill Cream Boy uh, for a couple of years. But uh, yeah, life in the 90s was pretty hot. It was pretty good. It was very enjoyable. And I'll, I'll never forget it. I will never forget the 90s and... Uh, so much, so many good things happened, and it was such a good laugh to play. And trying to explain it to the current crop, when you try and have those chats, they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't understand, but the 90s, it's probably like us when our parents tell us about the 60s, you know what I mean, and the 70s, and we're like, really? Really? Was it as good as the 90s? Uh, But apparently it was. Uh,
1: hey steve steve will never got any corner cover and any corner cover love i'm yeah, sure i'm yeah. sure she was, more of a, she was more of a mark Wall kind of kind of girl yeah. um Um, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned before actually about um sort of coaching i know you've done some consulting work you know uh, fast bowling for the england team is that something that you enjoyed you actually saying earlier how you know sort of coaches sort of messed you around and i'm sure you'd have learned from that experience and we've had so many conversations in australia about what makes a good coach and you know you've obviously um, been even part of like the, the whole Justin Langer conversation as well down here. But you know, was, was, is that something that you would enjoy again, sort of coaching with the, with the men's team?
0: Yeah, of course. I'm qualified. Um, I've got a huge personality. I'm bubbly. I'm energetic. I'm passionate and I'm knowledgeable. I've got all the, the, the tools there. Um, I had a bit of time out of the game. I always believe the problem I have with cricket is but people leave the game immediately and go straight into coaching roles and they're set for life. Just coach, 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 coach. Mm. Why don't they try and do something else and then come back to it? They'll have a different view on it. Totally, totally different view on it. Go and try something else before coming back into it. You see it in the county game mainly where guys who are captains of a county, they go straight into coaching and they're there for another 15, 20 years. And it gets very stale. Same ideas. They're not very blinkered because they've been in that bubble for so long. Try something different, go to a different county, go, you know what I mean, go to a different country, do something different. But they don't. And it's just waiting for that opportunity now. I did with England, worked with England. I did get offered roles, but they're not for me. I don't want to be away 10 months a year. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it wasn't a role that I wanted to do. I worked well with some of the England bowlers. I've had great feedback. They've brought articles. These players, I've not asked them to, about my coaching style and where I helped them and, and how I've helped them. Um, and, and hopefully anything I passed on will help them in future test matches when they get the opportunity. We've seen Chris Wokes, who I work with a lot in New Zealand. Um, terrific performer. Mm. Um, quite simple. The things I worked with him was hitting the pitch harder understanding the difference between a cook of a ball and the other ball because he was averaging 70 when he goes away from home and averaging 15 in England. So it tells you that he's doing something wrong when he goes away. So I worked with him on a few ideas there. I think he's done well in the other two tests he's played since when he's been abroad. And Saqib Mahmood. I don't think it's hard to uh, work out what I worked with him on. Uh, His approach to the crease, um, the pace in which he approaches the crease, his balance. And then reverse swing, which he's got a natural talent for. So, uh, work with him on stuff like that. And um, I think you'll see him in Australia uh, mm. this winter. Mm. Whether he plays in the Test, we'll have to wait and see. Because we're missing Archie, we're missing Stone. Mark Wood, probably going to play two. Jimmy Anderson, possibly only play two, maximum three. Sakeem Mahmoud will play in Australia at some point. So, you guys will see him. He's um, mm. he's, he's, got, he's, he's got pace. He's got some pace. Um, and he's got skills. He's got skills. But... Um, and you need skills when you travel to Australia. You need something different. That bowling attack we had in the last test, if that's the um, bowling attack that goes to the Ashes um, and we don't get 400 in the first innings, which if you've seen our batting over the past three years, we ain't getting 400. Um, we'll get battered. Um, if we get 400 on the board in the first innings, that bowling attack could work. It could be workmanlike, medium pace, put the ball in the right areas, and it could create pressure, but trying to ball Australia out twice on decent pitches is going to be hard. Because you look at Jimmy, the longevity and how good he is, averages 19 the first innings in the last yeah last 12 months. He averages 99 in the second innings. That tells you a story, you know what I mean? And the pitches in Australia are going to be more like second innings from start. So it's going to find something different.
2: Uh, speaking of Australia, Goffy, only a couple more to go here. Um, if I could just take you back to 02, it's the ashes out here. You're coming back after 15 months out, three Neops. ops. Um, you missed that Gabba game. Um, looking back, maybe you think that's a good thing. Uh, and, and, but, but both you in England come out in the press before the game and say, you, you just need one game in Brisbane grade cricket just to get the knee right, just to test it out. And one lucky club's going to take on your services. And I believe that club ended up being university. Now, just, just for the benefit of the listeners, grade cricket teams are famous for offering various incentives to get players over the line, you know, a dollar a run, uh, paying your rego, half price drinks behind the bar free massage services at the place across the road with the neon sign. You know, um, did you end end up playing that game with university and how did they get you over the line? Was it one of those four things?
0: I didn't took any of them. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think at the time, listen, the dream was to play in that. I I still can't believe when I look back that I was selected for that trip. (laughs) Let's be honest about it. I I was, well, I still had the dream of getting back and, and, and playing. I didn't expect the knee injuries to be like it was. I was bowling at my peak of my careers, you know. Um, I just won player of the series against Pakistan, in Pakistan. I was, uh, sorry, in Sri Lanka. I was great against Pakistan, in Pakistan. Did player of the series against uh, West Indies. Went to New Zealand. Wasn't allowed to play the test because I refused to go to India for the test, me and Alex Stewart, because of everything that was going on in the world. Um, but I had a great one-day series in New Zealand, and right at that last one, you know, that's when I did my knee, wasn't it? And I was out for so long. They were that desperate to get me back. They picked me for the Ashes. It was never happening. And and like I said they played the universities and stuff like that. Sent me back to the academy in Adelaide. Which a week there, I was desperate to get out of there, mate. I mean, they had me up at 4:30, 4:30 every morning going swimming. I said, what is this about swimming at 4:30? Why don't we swim at 7:30? what's the point of swimming at four thirty. I mean, it was ridiculous that academy life. I mean, I said, who would want to be a professional cricket player getting up at four thirty, going for a swim, <laughs> having your breakfast, then training again, and then having a net at 11 o'clock. I went knackered before we got to the cricket. No wonder I never got fit in um, So they sent me out. Well, I didn't actually, I went straight from Australia to America to have another operation um, with Stedman and, um, And it was the downs, that was it, mate. I was was done, really, wasn't I? Um, Mm. I never got back. I came back for two tests in 2003, which was ridiculous. Again, Mm. they only picked me for them. The original plan, because I'd just come back again after about the fifth operation, was to play the one-day series. Play the one-day series, and then you get four weeks off, and then we'll see what happens the rest of the summer coming back into the test side. So they played Zimbabwe first. Uh, In the Test Series, Uh, people like Johnson played, Hoggard played, Anderson made his debut. They picked me in the one days. I bore well. I bore well in the final. Ten overs, two for 13. Got Callison Gibbs out. Johnson were injured. Hoggard were injured. So guess what they said? I know we're not quite ready yet. (laughs) And the original plan was to have six weeks off. But could you play in the first Test? It's going to do a bit at Edgbaston. And your experience would be great to play in a team. My knee was like a blue. I said, Well, it's going to do a bit. Yeah. Turned up at Edgewiston, Graham Smith 230. Uh, (laughs) Then they said, Well, it's Lords. Your record at Lords is sensational, as good as anybody other bowler in the world. Play at Lords, and then we'll give you a rest for Old Trafford um, and the the next test after that. So I played at Lords, Graham Smith 250. (laughs) <laughs> uh, they got they got five they got 500 odd for seven or something declared I walked off I said to NASA I'll see you mate I'm done I'm not playing anymore and I did I stuck to it I rang up uh, this selector on the way back um, and, and I were done but um, listen I always wanted to play great cricket um, in, in Australia my sons both played uh, both played A grade uh, in Adelaide um, where one was 16 when he made his debut one was uh, 18. Um, and I went out and watched them play against each other. Browns versus, oh dear me, I can't even. The other, one. the ones with the yellow helmets in Adelaide, um, by the water, uh, by the sea. uh we've got a Glenelg. Glenelg. Yeah. So one of them played for Glenel, one of them played for Browns, and uh, I'll never forget that my sons played against each other in Australia. It was hilarious. Mm. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, It
2: was magnificent. Last one, uh, Goffey, just I suppose it relates to Australia as well. You you obviously. uh... You work at Talksport. You make comment on the game. There was the issue with Steve Smith earlier in the year, scratching, doing something weird at the crease. Um, yeah. He said it was plain cheating. Definitely a weird thing to do. Uh, the part that tickled me about that—I don't want to pick you up on that. It was a long time ago, anyway. Um, the part that tickled me was was then there was news that that Justin Langer was pinging messages to you and Michael Vaughan yeah. straight after. You know, when you when you work for Talksport, like, do, do you expect to get messages or calls like this? And what's a message from Justin Langer or a call from Justin Langer like? Especially when he was your last first-class wicket.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well, I did remind him of that. Uh, I'm trying to find the te- I'll try and find the text actually. Uh, but JL, listen, great character. Had some great battles with him uh, over the years, you know. Um, I have no uh, no problem with him whatsoever. And he's opinionated. He's passionate. Um, I can't find it. I think I deleted him. Um, but <laughs> he... Uh, so basically, it wasn't, it wasn't as he made it out, as though it was an aggressive text. He just said, listen, Daz, I respect your opinion. Uh, there was a lot of love in that text as well and everything. But I think you were out of line on your Steve Stiff Smith comments. And, you know, something, yeah, point, he had a point. He had a bit of a point. Um but I'm passionate, I, and I say it as I see it, and at that first moment when I saw it, I defended them over the uh, ball scratching, you know. I actually thought it was a bit harsh, their punishment they got, the Smith and the Bancroft and, and Warner. I thought it was a bit harsh. So it's not just me jumping on like a lot of people on Australia doing something wrong in world cricket. It was just me reacting because that's my job at that point. I didn't say it for an headline. Um, somebody else might have done who he was in that text message. I didn't. I just said it because that was my passion coming through. And I probably was a little bit harsh on Steve Smith. But we're just in line. It was a good conversation. There was no aggression in that conversation whatsoever. There was a lot of respect for each other, which we have. But as I did, I reminded him, but he was my last first-class wicket. And I did throw the ball away after that and say, I ain't bowling again. I'll do that. Another Aussie in my pocket. Thank you very much. See you, J- JL. But he's he's a great character, great personality. I know he's took a lot of stick over the past few months. I've been reading it. Um, but listen, what do you want in life? Do you want someone who would run through a brick wall for you? That's what JL would do. And um, he'll still be coached when England go there this winter. And I wish him the best because if he doesn't win, I mean it's the same. You know what's going to happen, not he won't be the coach anymore. So um, there's a lot of respect for for him. But it, the conversation wasn't, wasn't as he made out in the Australian media that like it was him giving me and Michael Vaughn a telling off and a slap on the wrist. <laughs> it wasn't. He was just getting. A, he was he was saying it from uh, his angle. And what he says of Steve Smith, that he's a fantastic bloke, he wouldn't be doing any of this and all that stuff. I said, well, he's had history. The problem is, once you've done it once, that's the first thing people are going to jump on, unfortunately, for Steve Smith. And I'm sure he is. He's a great bloke. He's a great player. And I wish him all the best. And I'm looking forward to seeing him get probably about 800 runs against England this winter. (laughs) But um, it was my opinion. Flew off the handle. And um, like I said, the conversation wasn't an aggressive one, especially with me and Justin. It was a lot of respect in that conversation.
2: Nice one. Um, Darren Goff, mate, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, for those listening out there, you probably had zero clue who was messaging you when uh, you got the request to come on, but you've still delivered um, with so much passion and exuberance and I'm I'm impressed with how much of your career that you remember as well. Uh, and, well, you know, I don't... if if only uh, if only you could experience life as a famous sportsman in England in the 90s, it sounds like absolute gold. So, mate, really appreciate you at least giving us a little peep into it. Um, yeah, hopefully we, we, we catch you sometime soon.
0: No problem, guys. Hopefully um, I see you this winter, uh, but um, I very much doubt it. I ain't doing two weeks quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, good luck. Sure Best wishes. I've got
1: my sister-in-law lives in Brisbane, so uh, hi to her. Okay, Pez, thank you to Darren Goff, and thank you very much to you, mate, and thank you to our dear friends at Manscaped, uh, one of our favourite partners. So just a, I, it's 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 satisfying when I know people are uh, listening to this and think, yeah, I wouldn't mind a bit of that gear.
2: Well, we had more examples yeah. this week. Well, yeah, let's not name any names. No, but, no names, no names, but yeah. but a, a recognised. Player, yeah, was contacted. Um, well, we were contacted by his partner who is also recognizable. Fucking hell, what <laughs> doesn't really narrow it down, yeah. I guess not to complain to us that he'd, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that he'd got the lawnmower and yeah. some ball wipes, ball wipes, yeah. But it's because people are listening and they're saying this is what we want. And he goes.
1: I escaped this morning. I've I've never oh, did used, you? I've never used the I've never used the ball wipes. I don't because I've never had the apparatus. No wait, what is it? It's like with like a with the actual trimmer itself. Yeah. I've been doing that for years with different uh, you know materials. Yep. But I've never wiped my balls with yeah. anything before. So it's never not, thought, it's,
2: oh, gee, You know what my balls could use a yeah. real a real wa- a scented wipe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they could use right now. Mum Mum Any wipes <laughs> Mum
1: The wipes Where, where are the Mum Do
2: we have any wipes Where, the, where the ball wipes Mum 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 That's more of a kid thing Let's not make a Meatloaf um, He goes Do you know what's spookier Than seeing a black cat On Halloween <laughs> Shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped, TM. Uh, okay, I can't agree with that. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped <laughs> is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Uh, Halloween's 31 in October. Go yeah. go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar and join the two million men worldwide by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TGC. I can't... Stress enough how happy Manscaped are with these ad reads. Oh, yeah? They're working. We get great feedback. A lot of people writing, oh, they're the most sort of jilted, jarring ads. Well, Yeah, but if your penis looks like
1: a candy bar...
2: uh, You want a king-size candy bar? Hey, mate,
1: your penis looks like a candy bar. All right, mate, you're playing fours next week. Fuck off.
2: (laughs) Maybe, Maybe my mate from... Gray Cricket a few years ago before he was told he had the smallest penis anyone had yeah. ever seen. Yeah, yeah. He could have used some manscape. Yeah, know? could so only, have helped. Going, that, could man, only that, have helped. That penis looks like a bite-sized candy bar. <laughs> you want to go to a king-sized one?
1: Your penis looks edible to me, and I'm going to compare it to other edibles. It's bit of a bite-sized candy bar. It's like bite-size, a bite-sized, mate. And bite? I can only snack on that. Uh, getting to stuff we're talking about a feed.
2: Anyway, have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Uh, no, I haven't. That no, that's Fuck for that. But this is, the point is it's preventative. Any I mean, I think drop that, of blood. What they want us to to sort of elicit is the idea that you've really hurt yourself. And I hope no, I hope nobody's hurt I've themselves. I've never
1: really hurt myself. No, neither. A couple of nicks, sure.
2: Yeah. Nicks and you, cuts. You, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm never snipping scissors in my former life before Manscaped. Like, I will... Be feeling for if there is any skin contact I'm not slipping with any confidence Nah Who's just going around like fucking Edward Scissorhands Just
1: fucking Edward Scissorhands Washing my Washing my hair with one hand Like clipping him with the other with scissors What Get the secateurs out of the shed Dad Where are the secateurs dad Where are the secateurs You hear dad Yeah You got those smokes
2: yet dad Luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're smelling fresh with their new refined body wash. Fellas, the ladies love their signature scent, and it will scare away those vampires. Okay, look. Man, okay, I'm finished with this. Manscaped, performance package 4.0. Inside the holy grail of men's grooming items. You've got everything you want. The main thing is the clippers, but there's all this other shit if you want all the bells and whistles with it. Uh, you know, ever I don't know, coming to summer and shit in Australia. Yeah. Manscaped.com, 20% off free shipping code TGC. TGC, Manscaped.com, trick or treat or some shit.
1: Hashtag RTGC. If you like hashtag RCDC, hashtag RCDC Fridays comes out when, Pez. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> At patreon.com forward slash great career. You can sign up for $5 a month or $10 a month. That's US dollars, because that's how they do it. Uh, Callum writes in. Ah! <laughs> One, ten, too many beers on Friday night has stung me with an accidental hungover for Saturday's fixture. Feeling pretty shit and rather pitted, I finally make it to the ground 20 minutes late for the warm-up in the wrong kit, knowing full well that I'll be paying heavily for this after the game. It was by far the hottest day of the year, and the deck was an absolute beauty. So we were all very confident in the skipper to win the toss and let us watch our openers bat Through until tea. So obviously he decides to field, claiming he just wanted to piss me off. We start very well, and we're all in good voice. Five overs in, I'm told to move the sight screen, and running over, I hear a little high-pitched voice asking, "'Who's winning?' In such a state, I think, "'Can't you fucking see we are five overs in, you dickhead?' But I bite my tongue and look up and see I am being confronted by a boy no more than six years old.' So I simply reply, us, with a smile on my face. The little coat then goes, we are going to win. You lot of rubbish. To which I reply, impossible. Feeling pretty happy with myself, I head back to mid-off and shout to the bowler to get this fucking bloke out. Following my instructions, he hits the batter, just below the knee roll. I am in dreamland. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst dream ever. <laughs> What is your utopia, mate? Just hitting, hitting like one of a their blows, just bloke and they blood and their roll. I am like in dreamland, like
2: dreamland, the promised land. Fucking old Trafford
1: Theatre exactly. of Dreams. Blow's getting hit in the front stool. Everyone goes up. The bowler is already off celebrating, and I'm halfway round about to give the little shit the full Jimmy Anderson treatment. I'm really fucking happy with myself now. As I finish turning, I hear a faint mutter from the umpire: "Not out." In almost perfect unison, the kid with a massive smirk on his face shouts, ha-ha, you didn't get a wicket, loser. (laughs) I've just been offered. Have I just been offered by a fucking six-year-old? For the remaining 50 overs, my head is in absolute... He's an absolute jam. And again, I didn't think the day could get any worse, but of course it did. Batting down at six, I had a sketchy start to meetings, but after a few boundaries, I finally got myself in and the runs were flowing. Hmm, must be nice. Okay. So so, as so all great bats do, I decided to middle a full toss straight down cover's throat. I am gushed. The oppo are laughing in disbelief. And as I trudge off, I watched the bloke hit a fucking car wheel. <laughs> 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 At first I thought how embarrassing doing a cartwheel after regulation grab was, but then just realised how embarrassing it was to hold out to the only cretin in the league that cartwheels after taking a catch. So I ask you, which is more embarrassing, getting offered by a kid, cartwheeling after a catch, or being on the receiving end of a cartwheel? Love the podcast and keep up the stellar work.
2: Oh, sorry about this experience, <laughs> Callum. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking funny! Like the short, the short answer for me is, it's more embarrassing getting Alfred by a six-year-old. Like I I agree with you, first time, um, Mm. that it's embarrassing to cartwheel after a catch. Watch the bloke hit a fucking cartwheel. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. I mean, um, can you imagine that? Like if somebody, if somebody cartwheel (laughs) on a field, like I suppose there are characters that could pull it off. He goes.
0: No, there's not.
2: Not in Australia, there's not. If I was captaining a team. You'd be dead. And somebody cartwheeled after taking a catch. You'd have to kill him. I'd I'd say get off. (laughs) (laughs) Send him off. Play with 10. How fucking
1: camp it is to like (laughs) hit a cartwheel. (laughs) I'm taking a catch. One thing to do now, as I always do after
2: completing a catch in twos. I think about stumps cartwheeling. That'd be funny if like there was a choreographed set of cartwheeling after the sure, stumps cartwheeling, sure. you know. I but mean, it takes so take
1: unbelievable a athleticism. I'm thinking like, remember when Nani used to score for Man United yeah. used to
2: hit those cartwheels
1: like yeah. a fucking pirouette? Or I just watching the Olympics, you know, Simone Biles or whatever. Yeah. Couldn't name one male gymnast. That's, that's on me, that one. Yeah. And also them a little bit. And Simone Biles probably not the best example of late, but. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah didn't, didn't even clean sweep everything. Exactly. Pathetic. What a loser. Bronze. <laughs> yeah, bronze. Only the third best in the world. Um yeah. So it takes great athleticism. Have you ever been to the ballet?
2: I've never been to the ballet. I've been once.
1: Oh yeah. Been once. Unbelievably impressive. Unbelievable. I oh, mean, I couldn't the rig believe on
0: it. <laughs> Ballet and great Watching
1: terms. the women are obviously just Fucking un- so un- gracious. Unbelievable. Oh, I could believe it. The blokes unbelievable. Yeah. No, it's like then like a male gymnast came on. Just the thickness of the thighs, the spring in the step.
2: It's gotta be the, next the
1: athleticism thing. is yeah. just
2: surreal. It must. It's gonna to have to be sort of like Premier League and AFL scouts at ballet halls. You know what I mean? Have, have to look at this. Have to. Got to get his athlete in. Yeah.
1: How's
2: the rig on it? I, I admire. It How's the rig on Black Swan? Yeah. Couldn't can't what? get over the yeah, White Swan Black Swan. I can't remember what
1: what one I watched. I was anyway, Danny, someone at the time who had tickets—they were like a member of the
2: ballet, right? As at the Opera House? It was good. It yeah. was good. If you're not familiar, like, with the ballet or a connoisseur of it, like, you're meant to go then just and just have a jaw dropping experience at how athletic they are. it's oh, actually—they're very good.
1: It was impressive. Yeah, of I, I've never—I've never been back, and I don't know if I would. I wasn't something I'm like dying to go back to yeah. see. When's the next one on? Yeah. <laughs> like Bragg
2: magazine for bands. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that. Um, they have grade cricket for ballet. <laughs> 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 Work your what? way through the ranks. <laughs> you walk, well, you mate, walk into a ballet. man
1: talking about fucking alphas. Alphas in like. How good would that be? fashion and ballet fucking hell what is this real coats there walk around the outside like turn up so like, is this look at score because like, this is twos mate do you ever get, you ever play a game of great cricket where um you're not playing first grade and then someone asks you i like are you feeling the boundary someone asks you like oh what grade is this and you tell them the grade and you see the disappointment in their eyes because they want to watch first yes. grade yeah yeah what grade is this yeah it's twos oh it's second grade isn't it?
2: okay what's the fine. score and you're like you have to answer as like um like in as cursory a Mm. away as possible like you can't elaborate on anything Mm-mm. 2 for huh? yeah. like someone was what are they what are they chasing yeah. Uh, 270 <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretending that you're concentrating on the game when you're yeah. doing anything but anything all but. you can think about is a circuit that's right like I'm getting off this field my feet hurt I want to check my phone see if there's yeah. any notifications that how's I is this beat? bloke playing in my grade
1: Yeah. I wish we face. I wish I got to face our, our bowlers yeah runs against us don't count they that's don't know this
2: <laughs> exactly I'd love to play against us. Yeah. And then you change clubs and you play against them. They're just as hard as everyone else.
1: I think I'm, I'm thinking professional. Yeah. I've got to move the sight screens myself.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the kid's the worst. The kids say the darndest things. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't get a wicket, loser. I mean, the gr- great tr- seal of truth is simplicity. When a six-year-old, if a six-year-old lines you up, hmm. like, it's like how a lines baby, lines you up. It's like how a baby cries when you get it. And like, and then the parent go, no, no, they're just struggling. And it's like, nah, babies fucking no, just like animals. They can smell it. They smell it on you. And for a six-year-old looks at let, there's 11 people and six-year-old <laughs> picks on you. You, yeah. ha- you can't help but ask yourself why. Yeah. I mean, at first when I read that, you know, his head was to, he's turned to jam for 50 overs. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's a bit much. But now, yeah, you would be thinking, mm. you'd, you'd really start reflecting on every element of your life.
1: You've got to change your pheromones. You're using too much Lynx Africa. Yep. I made the mistake a while ago by saying that uh, Lynx was called Axe in the UK. but it's actually called Axe in France and the US.
2: I always mix that up. And do you reckon anyone let me know about that? I wouldn't have thought so. Most people are pretty um, good about mistakes. (laughs) Most people can listen to a whole show. Saying that, when you do hear
1: something that you know is wrong, it is annoying.
2: Very annoying. Yeah.
1: So, you know, would I apologise for that? Why the fuck would I do that? Exactly. Just fucking come out here. I'm going to bet you 5-0. Fuck off. See you next week.